Welcome to Our Future, Our Time. Today we'll be talking to Natalie Shell. Natalie is a high school junior with a strong academic passion in STEM. She was one of four students to represent Connecticut at the National Math Counts in eighth grade, the only female student to earn a spot from CT in the past eight years, and one of 40 girls nationally. Since then, Natalie has won many math competitions and earned many awards, including the Mariam Mirzakhani AMC 10 Award, given to the top five female scores in New England, as well as many others all around the nation. Natalie also won many STEM awards, including the Technological Innovation Award at the 2020 Connecticut Science Fair, with her project using artificial intelligence to uncover the connection between RNA gene expression and cancer. In addition, Natalie recently became an NCWIT, the National Center for Women and in Information Technology National winner, an honor given to the top 40 of 4,200 contestants. Please welcome Natalie Shell. Natalie, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure, absolutely, Rhea. So my name is Natalie and I'm currently a junior in high school. And from a young age, I've always been really interested in science and math. I started competing in middle school math competitions when I was in maybe sixth grade, and I've continued on till now. And I've also developed a strong interest in technology and AI. A couple of my most recent activities were that I won the Yale math competition for girls. And I also won the NCWIT, which is the National Center for Women and Information Technology Award, scoring as a national winner, a prize which was given to the top 40 contestants out of 4,200. Yeah, so that's really cool. I think how we can start this off is talking a little bit about what got you interested in um, STEM-related stuff and um, maybe a snippet about your first competition and how that felt. Sure, absolutely. So I think ever since I was a kid, I always loved math, especially solving a difficult question, because for me, it was almost like creating a piece of art that, you know, following through with each of the steps and the formulas. And by the end, when I got to the answer, it was like I was looking at a masterpiece. I feel like, <laughs> I know this is a bit nerdy of me, but it just gave me so much joy. And I think when I heard that I could actually compete with this, that I could do something new, it gave me so much excitement. And I remember my first math competition was actually in third grade. It was called, I think, the Connecticut Math Tournament or something, CMT. And I remember I was competing in it with my class. And I had enjoyed math in school, but I think competing and trying out these questions, there was kind of a thrill to it that I hadn't experienced before. And that's when I realized this is really something that I want to do, that I have found a strong passion. And I think as I continued on, I have found a passion in computing and technology and AI as well. Wow, that sounds really interesting. Um, going off that, like I've seen online that you have all these like, you know, photos of you at competitions and I've noticed that you're often with a group of guys. So how does it feel to be like one of the few women in this field competing? Um, and what are like some of the challenges that come along with it? Yeah, absolutely. I think ever since I was in middle school, I've kind of noticed that there's a huge gap between the amount of guys and the amount of girls in math competitions. I remember, I think my first, you know, quote unquote, great math achievement was when I was in middle school and I qualified as one of the top four students in my state in the Math Count States competition, which is the biggest middle school math competition. And then I advanced to the Math Counts Nationals Finals. And out of around 200 students there, there were only like 40 girls. And, you know, I was quite young at the time, but I noticed something isn't right here. And I think that as I've continued on in math competitions, that I've noticed that this problem only gets worse and worse at the highest levels. I recently competed in the ARML competition, American Regional Math League, and I was on my state's 
um, one, of, one of the teams. And on the A and B teams, there's a grand total of 30 students and I was the only girl. And I think that was really drastic. And I think, you know, at times it is a bit discouraging to see that there aren't any other students like me. And I wish that there were more girls, but at the same time, part of me also thinks girl power, I want to power through, and, you know, show these guys. But as a whole, I think I definitely do wish there's more girls in STEM, which is why I have created my own website, my own nonprofit devoted to the cause. That's really cool. <laughs> um, I actually wanted to ask you, so, how do you, what, what message do you have to young girls who want to go further in STEM that maybe are a little bit scared to or hesitant to? Because I know it takes a lot of courage and it's kind of hard to be honest in like, I don't know, a patriarchal society. So what do you have to say? Yeah, absolutely. I think maybe something I have to say is that I know it's difficult. It can be discouraging at times, but ultimately math is such a fun and exciting field. And I think especially the great thing about math is that it applies to so many quantitative fields. It's in physics, it's in computing, it's in AI, it's in technology. And I feel like just don't give up, keep trying. And sometimes you'll go to competitions and maybe you'll be the only girl. Maybe you won't do as well as you hoped. Maybe people will give you funny looks. I've been there, I've done that. But I think ultimately, if you keep going, if you keep trying, you have faith in yourself. I think that you can be great one day. Yeah, I actually really love that. Um, and I think that's kind of like a mission that you've had at like your program. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like um, how, I mean, like what inspired you to create that program and how successful has it been? And um, I know it's like four girls. So um, how's that empowerment going? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I recently created my own website, which is mathandaiforgirls.org. If you're listening, you can check that out. And essentially, this is kind of a website aimed at young girls who are getting into math for the first time. And it kind of includes some of the resources that I wish I had back when I was just starting out in math, such as, for example, kind of what math competitions exist. What are they? How to get more information? What are some of the opportunities in tech coming up? What resources are what resources there are? what online classes there are and which of them are free. And kind of one of the big ones is what the competition and events are like from the perspective of a teenage participant. And I have actually some video blogs talking about what I've done at various competitions. And I hope that that will be useful to some young girls checking out my website. And I think recently I've taken it a step further that I've created a nonprofit organization based off of my website. And I think the purpose of this is essentially to target middle school girls because I've noticed that the gender gap starts widening in middle school. That, that's really when girls start dropping out of math. And I think that's the group that I want to target to show them, no, you know, it's okay. <laughs> Keep going. And yeah, and competitions have always been really big for me. Competitions have helped me create a network of like-minded people throughout the country and especially girls who I can talk to about my math events. And actually when I recently earned the NCWIT, National Center for Women and Information Technology Award, which I previously mentioned, the results were actually announced this week. So it was pretty exciting for me. But um, a lot of the other winners were actually girls that I'd already known before from various programs and camps. And actually, before the results were even announced, or rather, before I'd seen that the results were announced, I actually got texts from some of my friends saying, congrats, Natalie, we saw you won this. Great job. And I think that that's just so great to have such a supportive network. And I think that's really helped me build my confidence and continue to persevere in this field. And that's what I want to do with my nonprofit 
And so I'm having a competition for middle school girls, the math and AI for girls competition. And yeah, and all of the girls who compete, I'm hoping to not only encourage them to see the beauty of math and STEM, but also to build a network with each other and be able to continue on and support each other in this field. The competition is opening on March 19th and it ends on April 25th. And there is a $1,000 top prize plus merchandise. So pretty exciting. And I'm hoping that we can get as many girls as possible to enter. Yeah, so you talked a little bit about um, how wide the gender gap is, especially in middle school. And I actually kind of wanted to tell you a little bit of a story because I coached not anymore because of COVID, but um, an all girls FLL team. I don't know if you've heard of first Lego league robotics. robotics. And basically robotics too. Yeah, and so it was really cool. I, I'll just talk a little bit about um, an experience that we had. And going to one of the competitions there, it's super hard seeing literally zero girls. My team was the only, um, well, I say my team, the team that I coached was the only like females that I saw over there. And they were all super scared. And um, they thought that they couldn't do it because that they were female. But then I told them, like, what makes you think that you are any less capable than anybody else here? And I feel like it's this mindset that some girls have that they can't be better than males just because they're female. And I think that's a really big problem. But once I saw them get rid of that fear, they were able to, like, step into something, like, really cool. And they they were bosses, you know? And so they actually won the whole thing. So it was pretty, yeah, it was pretty cool. And so, and I think the biggest thing for young girls in our society today is role models. And I see that in your, um, on your website, you have a couple like Katherine Johnson, Michelle Obama. So do you want to talk a little bit about role models that inspired you? Sure. So first of all, I think I definitely want to thank you. I think since it's so difficult for girls to get into STEM, I think having someone like you to support the team must have meant a lot to them. And I, so I wanted to thank you for sort of all of your contributions to help girls in STEM. Um, and then as for my role models, I think in particular, one of my strongest role models is Professor Fei-Fei Li, who is a Stanford professor and also a trailblazer in the field of AI. Um, a couple of years back, she created the ImageNet competition, which is a competition for AI algorithms to sort of be able to classify images. And she provided a data set of 14 million labeled images. And eventually the AI kind of had to classify the images. And originally, I remember that actually the first ever winning algorithm had an error rate of nearly 30%. But over the years, eventually, there is a new AI algorithm that kind of rose from the ImageNet competition called Neural Networks, which is actually one of the most widely used AI types today. That it's used in self-driving cars, for example. It's used by social media, such as TikTok, to recommend videos. And it's even used in search engines, such as Google. And I think that's certainly, it, she's such a huge role model to me because she led to such innovation and kind of creating such a large data set of 14 million images so is something unprecedented. And I think just ultimately having someone who thinks differently, who tries new things, it's just really cool. 
And I also participated in AI for All, which is a program actually started by her at Stanford University to encourage girls and other minority groups to participate in AI at the highest levels. And I think, again, that really matters to me that she's kind of doing something to help others and to encourage diversity. And that really spoke to me personally. And that's actually in part what encouraged me to create my website, Math and AI for Girls. And obviously the name kind of mirrors AI for all that name. And that's kind of part of what got me into this. Yeah, absolutely. You know, honestly, I think that you're going to be that role model for girls. Um, and you are honestly right now. I know that I'm sure a lot of people around the world are like looking up to you. And I'm hoping like with this podcast and stuff, we reach a whole new audience that um, will also be able to compete in all of these things that you are mentioning. Um, to talk about innovation, like you were saying, um, especially as you look up to the professor, um, when it comes to like the future of artificial intelligence and math, um, and even in women empowerment, um, what do you see happening maybe five years from now, 10 years from now? Um, do you think that the world is changing in the way that you want it to look? I think, yeah, I think absolutely. I noticed that technology is becoming sort of more and more widespread, especially with the use of pandemic that's kind of accelerated the use of technology. And I think especially with AI, I feel like AI just has so many applications in almost any field. Like for example, education, for example, AI can help suggest, you know, courses, lessons and help people learn at their own pace. In healthcare, AI can help monitor patients and can help doctors with their diagnoses and can help predict that. With self-driving cars, obviously that's a big one, I think, because it's also something that's so exciting. And I feel like cars are actually really dangerous, that so many accidents happen each day. And I know that people think that self-driving cars can be really dangerous. I remember actually in school, we had a discussion about this a while back and everyone was saying that self-driving cars were so dangerous. But I think actually self-driving cars can be much, much better than humans. I had ridden in a self-driving car before and I remember the drive was just so smooth. It was incredible. The car drove better than any human I'd ever met. And I think definitely AI can make things so much safer. And I think as long as we proceed with caution and make sure to use AI wisely and to program it correctly, I think the applications for AI and technology are almost limitless. Yeah, um, I think the biggest problem, or maybe not a problem, but like something that I do see in the future that could be, go a little bit bad is that do you think AI is starting to take away jobs? Because if you look at it in McDonald's or in any fast food, they start to have like automated registers. I don't know if you've seen where like you could just order whatever you want and then it automatically serves it to you. And so what do you have any thoughts about that? I think definitely this is something I have thought about a lot because a lot of people kind of do say that AI could take away jobs and that's, you know, very difficult. But I think that AI is part of a larger shift of humanity. Obviously, humanity was kind of originally much more rural and agricultural. And then we had, you know, tractors, farming equipment, and that kind of freed up more people from farming. And people moved into the cities, took on new jobs in finance and business. And I think that when jobs were sort of depleted in farming, that new jobs rose up and better opportunities. And people got to do much more exciting and innovative things. And I think as AI may take away some of those most mundane jobs, that it also creates new, more exciting ones, such as, for example, much more coding opportunities. And I hope that we'll be able to harness that. People will be able to move to better jobs. But I think kind of currently AI is not at the point where it'll take away many jobs yet. 
I think rather than that, AI's current potential is mostly to enhance people's performance and jobs, such as, for example, it can act as a teaching assistant, as I mentioned previously, or it can help doctors diagnose patients rather than maybe completely diagnosing it them on its own. Definitely. Um, and I think that's really like impactful that you said that because um, I actually want to like, go off of that and ask you, like a lot of times when it comes to things like AI, there are a lot of like misconceptions that people have. Like if you're a farmer, you hate software engineers because you're like, eventually this person's going to take away my job um, and stuff like that. And are there any like misconceptions that you've heard over, you know, your experience um, that you'd like to like debug and tell people what's really happening when it comes to artificial intelligence? I think kind of one of the main big things that I've noticed are that people are afraid AI will kind of develop a mind of its own and become this evil master and take over the world from humanity. And I think that that's actually not really something that could potentially happen. That I've worked with some AI algorithms and AI is really essentially just math, statistics, and probability. Like, especially with neural networks, that's one of the biggest types of AI right now, that really all it does is it'll look at an image or look at something, and then it kind of puts it through a series of dot products and eventually goes through layers of thought until, for example, an image classification, eventually it'll come out with a probability, saying maybe this image has a 99% chance of being a cat. And I feel like AI is totally harmless that really all it does is math. So you input the numbers, the photos, and it outputs something. And I think definitely that there's a lot of movies like The Terminator, that kind of thing, that makes people very afraid of AI. And I think that's kind of something that we have to combat going forward. We have to tell people that AI is safe, that AI helps us, that AI is not some dangerous creature with a mind of its own, that you know we're programming it and we are in control of it. <laughs> yeah, uh, what do you think, Ria? Yeah, no, I think I definitely agree. Like sometimes when I hear like, I, I think, you know, my parents, like when I hear them talk about um, everything that they're doing with automated um, robots and stuff that like, I get really scared. I'm like, what if the whole world is run by not humans? And it's scary. And you're like, oh my goodness. But I'm really glad that like you said that because I think people think that it's going to replace everything that we do when really it's going to make human work more human, you know, like we'll be doing things that we'll actually have to do with us and um, using intellect and not just like mundane work every single day. Um, and yeah, kind of like adding on to that, I'm really glad that you like debugged that. Um, in your career, like in all of your experience, was there like a turning point where you were like, this is what I wanna do with my life? Like, this is really like empowering because I mean, the way that you've been talking for a while now, like you sound really, really passionate and I really like to know like where that comes from. Mm -hmm. Well, I think definitely I decided that I loved math at an early age. And then I think, I think rather than having, you know, kind of like a sharp turning point, it was kind of a series of sort of epiphanies that started with I love math. And then kind of in middle school, I went to I love math competitions. I'm an extremely competitive person. So this is something I want to do. And then it kind of became that not only am I interested in math itself, but maybe I want to do, or I want to do kind of research in math, not just competitions. And I attended a couple of research camps such as SUMAC, which is Stanford's math program. And then kind of what else can I do with my interest in math? And then I realized, you know, wow, you know, I like physics too. I like technology. I like AI. And then I think recently kind of one of my biggest turning points is I realized I really want to give back to my community. Now, I think certainly it's great to achieve personal success in these fields, but I think ultimately 
what makes a person sort of significant is their legacy and how they make the world a better place. And I think I really want to make the world a better place by being the change I want to see. In other words, I want to sort of help promote more girls to get rid of the gender gap in STEM. This is an issue that I've realized matters to me strongly. And I think especially the message of AI for all really spoke to me. And that's something that kind of, I had this moment where I realized this is something I want to do. I set up my website and I set up my nonprofit and I decided I'm going to do this. Yeah. Um, hearing you speak, like Rhea said, it's incredible to see somebody super passionate about something. I know with Future of Us, our organization, like Rhea and I have put so much thought and effort into it. And it's really nice to see other people super passionate about stuff that, well, they're passionate about, right? And so I think I want to talk about the future a little bit here, but kind of sort of break off a little bit about just like the women in STEM and the AI concept. And about, like you said, giving back to the community. What do you think about people who are super passionate about something at the end of the day, like what would you say is the best way for somebody to give back to their community? I think maybe one of the biggest things is to try to get other people interested to kind of really explain why they're interested in the field, you know, what they're doing, what some of the opportunities are to kind of pave the way for others. And I think definitely, you know, I want to do a lot instead, but as one person, I can only accomplish so much. So by getting other people interested, I think that could really be my contribution. And I think others can do the same to get others interested in their passion that can cause breakthroughs that can cause, you know, huge things to happen in the future. Yeah. Um, and you're talking about yourself and how you give back um, off of that. Where do you see like yourself in 10 years? And with that, like where you see yourself, what do you think the world will look like then? And what do you want the world to look like so that you fit in it? Wow. Okay. That is a very difficult question. So I think for myself personally, that I'd love to pursue math, AI, and STEM in college. And I think once I graduate, I want to maybe get some personal experience at a technology company such as maybe Google. And then I think from there, I would love to start my own company, become a CEO entrepreneur, maybe create my own technology product, work in AI. And I think definitely sort of create something new that's groundbreaking. And I think especially currently in Silicon Valley, there is so much that's happening. And I think I definitely want to be, be a part of that, of this new boom in AI and really help create something new. And I think as for the future of technology in 10 years, I think kind of like what I'd previously mentioned that AI sort of has so many opportunities that I really think AI is going to become much more widespread that there's kind of, especially because COVID is really accelerating the use of technology. And I think that's going to continue that, you know, even after the pandemic, it's people are still going to be using technology much more. We're kind of mankind is advancing so much. What do you think, Rhea? Actually, I'm, I'm going to pass this one to Rishi. Like Rishi, what do you think about this? Because I think like, honestly like everything is changing so much because of covid and like especially in silicon valley like the way that all these big corporate businesses are handling it is just so interesting to see because in so many ways it's helped tech like technology companies because um they don't have small businesses to run and they're not i mean they're affected by it but they're not as affected by it as a lot of other people um rishi what do you think about it like ai is becoming such a huge thing in society today what with like well, not robots, but you know what I mean? <laughs> I actually have a kind of a fun question for you, Natalie. Let's say I were to give you a million dollars right now. Okay. What would you do with it? <laughs> oh my God. Okay. 
oh, just now I said that you guys asked me a hard question, but I think this really takes it to a new level. Okay, a million dollars. I think definitely I would want to invest some of it into my nonprofit. I was thinking some of the next steps were that maybe I could also give money and prizes to girls who win existing math competitions to really sort of help draw them in. And I think maybe with that much money, I could also really create a platform for myself and be like, hey, you know, guys, you know, listen to me. This is really something that can be done. And I think I'd also love to invest in technology. I know that maybe I'm currently 17, so maybe I can't get so much done personally, but I think definitely investing in technology and sort of putting my money into it and seeing what could come out of it. And I think that if I could sort of make a contribution to the field of technology right now, maybe I could use my money to kind of promote the field of explainability, which is something that matters a lot to me personally. And explainability is kind of the ability of AI to show others sort of what it's doing. And I think essentially kind of AI is like almost like a black box right now. Like you give the AI kind of a task and it outputs something, but you don't really know why it's doing that and what sort of a connection it's making. And I think that this is definitely the next step for AI in the coming future, that you want the AI to kind of explain, for example, if you give it a photo of a cat, maybe it sees pointy ears and that's why it says it's the cat, or maybe it's a long tail, you know, we don't know. But I think with explainability that we can definitely understand AI better. And this can definitely lead to wire, wider use of AI and technology. And that is definitely something that I would want to put my money into. Absolutely. What about you guys? <laughs> I'd love to hear you asking this question right back. Well, you know what? Um, I don't know if you guys have been reading the news or have been on TikTok lately, but what about GameStop? Let's put some money in there. Am I right? Or no, I don't know. I think we would definitely, if we had a million dollars, um, also invest into future of us because I mean, like, I feel like making people passionate about things is just so like interesting and being able to like give more, you kind of end up getting more back and yeah. And I, and I think future of us, I kind of took a look at it and it just seems really cool. Your mission to really help educate today's youth. And I think that's, that's kind of such a cool thing to do. I'm glad. Okay. I'll ask one more kind of question to wrap up um, what we've been talking about. If you had one thing to say to our thousands of listeners, um, what, what was like, what would be the main message you would give them? I guess kind of one of the main things is to be to don't give up on your passions, to always keep trying and kind of discover your passions, try new things that maybe try out STEM, maybe try out other fields, find out what you're really interested in and sort of help improve that field. That like, that's kind of what I'm trying to do in STEM to get more people interested in STEM. And also <laughs> another big one, try out my competition. <laughs> Math and AI for girls competition. That's a big thing coming up. You know, I'd love if your thousands of viewers could try out my competition. Thank you, Natalie. It was a pleasure to have you speak with us. We love learning about women in STEM, AI, math, and what you think the future holds for all of these wonderful subjects. It was great to have you on our podcast. Thank you. Sure. It was great being here today. And I really enjoyed the opportunity to talk to you guys. And I think definitely we brought up some really cool topics. So thank you. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast recording today with Natalie Schell. Next week, we will be recording with Haley Picardi, an upcoming singer, musician, and artist. Make sure to tune in next week.